Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Joining us today is Maria Meinert, Director of Sustainability at Cochlear. Maria is an experienced sustainability professional and part of FS Sustainability's inaugural ESG Power 50 list, representing one of the 50 most influential sustainability professionals at ASX listed companies. Maria is joining us today to talk about sustainability considerations at a leading medtech company and Cochlear's evolving approach to integrated sustainability and financial disclosures. Maria, thank you so much for joining us on The Greener Way. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm delighted to be here. Absolute pleasure. Can you please introduce yourself in a little bit more detail and talk about your role at Cochlear? Yes, of course. I'm very happy to 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 be here and to share my experiences in the in the world of sustainability, right? <laughs> so my journey in this field began over 20 years ago with my passion for creating a more sustainable and responsible future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have started my career in sustainability at PwC in Brazil mm-hmm. in a time when when the topic was very, very rarely discussed in a business environment. So it was more something discussed by activists and mm-hmm. and barely managed by company, mostly when something went wrong, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so over the years, I have had the privilege of working in different sectors within the sustainability domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with dif- different sectors is interesting because... Uh, one can clearly understand actually how different sustainability prior- priorities are. Mm-hmm. So, depending on the sector. So, for example, let's say uh, oil and gas, huge environmental and safety impacts. Mm-hmm. Paper, environmental and community impact need to engage with communities in a in a regular basis. Banks. So, yeah, yeah, banks. I remember one meeting <laughs> with the executive team of a major bank in Brazil mm-hmm. when uh, we are discussing which were their material topics. So they had clarity about like providing access to banks to to low uh, to low income customers, mm-hmm. uh, responsible marketing and, and and others. But when it came to the, to the environmental impacts mm-hmm. and look, this was about 15 years ago or so. So and and at that time, they firmly affirmed and they really tr- believed that, that mm-hmm. banks didn't have an environmental impact. Like <laughs> the only impact was about the use of paper or so. Yeah. And so th- mm-hmm. this led to a huge discussion. And now we all know how the extension of the environmental impacts of, of a financial institution and when financing infrastructures, uh, projects and so on. So, so mm-hmm. back to my experience. <laughs> During a long time, I worked as a sustainability consulting, helping companies understand their sustainability issues, engage with the stakeholders, develop a strategy and defining their sustainability reporting process. Mm-hmm. And I am a fan of a sustainability reporting <laughs> process. So <laughs> I strongly believe that the sustainability report, when it's used as a process and, then, and not as a checklist, like, mm-hmm. and let's highlight this, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a key element to drive change in companies. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really impressive. Then I had the privilege to be uh, instructor of one of the first certified training pro- pro- uh, programs from from the GRI, the Global Reporting mm-hmm. Initiative, mm-hmm. 
And, and the GRI recommends a process to have co companies define their focus and manage sustainability metric in a structured way. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not a checklist. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think, Maria, I think you might be the very first guest on the Green Array to out herself as a fan of sustainability reporting. I know. <laughs> well, that's a reason for that, right? <laughs> How did you bring this to Cochlear then? The fact that, you know, obviously this experience with the GRI, which has a really, for our our audience, uh, the GRI has a really expansive stakeholder um, focus. It's not just a financial reporting framework, but it's something where you're supposed to use it to report to, you know, people in your community, your consumers and clients, your, you know, your employees as well. How did you integrate all of that and then bring it to a med tech company like Cochlear? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I guess the foundational step for a sustainability report is the materiality assessment, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so assessing what are the most relevant uh, topics in terms of sustainability and how understanding actually them. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And uh, and look, this is the first time that I am working in, in the med tech sector and it's mm -hmm. still a lot of learning for me. Uh, but like in general, a medtech company, medtech companies in general, actually, they are focused on, on the health benefit that they bring. And mm. this is rich through massive investment in research and innovation. That's, mm -hmm. that's the positive impact that, that really matters for this kind of company. So when I started at Cochlear, we conducted a materiality assessment and mm -hmm. that really helped me better understand the industry and the positive impact and where, where we should focus as well. Mm -hmm. The outcomes of the process were largely in line with my expectations, yet not less interesting. So mm -hmm. without a doubt, uh, the most substantial impact lies in, in the social dim dimension. There's no, mm. no doubt about it, about it. And at Cochlear, it reflects the focus we have on creating positive social impact at individual and society levels. So our material sustainability topics also reflect our strategic priorities, which is amazing from a sustainability point of view, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it's natural. Naturally, it's already uh, aligned. So this mm -hmm. is a great benefit. And for a sustainability professional, this is like a dream. <laughs> so It's always yeah. nice when you're pushing on an open door, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. How about from a risk perspective? What are some of the key sustainability risks? You know, obviously a med tech company isn't, you know, using your early examples. It's not a mining or extraction company. It's not a bank, uh, but it obviously has a supply chain of its own and it has, you know, manufacturing impacts as well. Yeah, so one of our main positive impact is helping people here. And that mm -hmm. also uh, brings educational cost sell, uh, savings and productivity gains at a society level. So it's really, it's really a great focus and a great opportunity for the business. Mm. It's also about investing in hearing science and technology, massive mm -hmm. in investment in research and, and development to deliver mm -hmm. quality and reliability to recipients, mm -hmm. of course. And in terms of procurement practices, it's about managing ESG risks and opportunities in our supply chain. Like, as, mm -hmm. as you said, we, we are not, even though we are not uh, a sector where we have massive uh, impact or an environmental huge impact, we mm -hmm. still, of course, need to understand what are our, our impacts and, and we need to measure and work on minimizing the impact on the environment. And so mm -hmm. in, in 
2022, we defined our short, medium, and long-term emission reduction targets in line with the mm-hmm. SBTI. Mm-hmm. And we are making progress towards our, our targets. So mm-hmm. as in any other sectors, the, the most important thing is to start measuring measuring and then and that's that's the value of reporting as well like we as long as we measure we can have mm. a baseline and define a staggered approach to to improve actually it's really interesting that you would choose to use the SBTI the science based targets targets initiative um as your reporting or your your measurement framework um because that's strictly aligning you to a 1.5 degree paris target and i'm also given to understand that sort of the the reporting obligations and the interim targets between now and 2050 are a lot more stringent than other frameworks so that's that's an interesting choice for cochlear yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a reference that we are using, and in our work towards towards this as as mm-hmm. uh, a global organization, we think that that makes sense for us. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so Cochlear also recently issued its first integrated sustainability and financial report. Um, and so just to clarify for our audience, an integrated report is one where you have one whole report where the sustainability risks and impacts are measured along with your financial report. Why did that make sense for Cochlear? And what do you think it says to your investors, your shareholders, your employees and your customers that you're considering this as one uh, as one big report? Yeah. So, Rachel, it was actually a process, right? Like uh, last year in 2022, we we still prepared two separate reports, one mm-hmm. sustainability report and one and one annual report. And over the previous few years, uh, the sustainability report have progressed a lot. And we, the company always uh, have used GRI as a reference mm-hmm. and incorporating more and more metrics and targets along the time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so the 2022 sustainability report was very well received. We, we, we made good progress. So when we started to plan the 2023 report mm-hmm. <laughs> and we already had a like I already had a preference for one single report, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we started to discuss this option internally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, we had several synergies between the two reports. So it it made a lot of sense. And so we started to, to reflect uh, how consistent the about the consistency between uh, the synergies that we have. And then mm-hmm. we reviewed the sustainability approach aligned with the value creation model that we already had defined in the annual report previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just uh, a natural step for us. Mm-hmm. And we worked we worked together, the sustainability team and the investor relationships were working together. And we decided to, to develop the integrated report. That, and we we actually identified that it was uh, the right moment for us and mm-hmm. it was a natural step, as I said. Mm. Uh, and so we started by reviewing and aligning the value creation model with our sustainability approach. So we don't mm-hmm. have a separate sustainability strategies. We have a sustainability approach that is aligned with our business strategy. And yes, it was it was really a big step and I'm very happy with the result. We have also been receiving very good feedback from our stakeholders so far. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, of course, I know that there is always space for improvement and we will. We are currently focusing on preparing for the 
upcoming mandatory ESG requirements, mm -hmm. like in IFRS, the yep. European uh, Directive, the mm -hmm. Australian Climate Related Foundation Disclosure. So we are focusing and in getting prepared to to the mandatory requ requirements. So yeah, I think it was a good timing, and mm. uh, yeah, aligned to to all this mandatory landscape that's coming up now. Mm. It's something we hear pretty consistently, um, both from investors um, and also experts. That you know, if you're a company that can get on the front foot. Um, around sustainability disclosures, climate disclosures, it will serve you well when it becomes mandatory uh, because you've worked out your process. Yeah, exactly. And this is another advantage from the sustainability reporting process. <laughs> <laughs> A champion for sustainability reporting. We love it. <laughs> Someone must, must be, right? <laughs> it's, it's, I find it really interesting. Um, we know that a report is the outcome of actions. And so you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse and focus only on the reporting. But I do find it interesting in when I'm talking to people about the process of doing stuff like integrated reporting, that as they're building the case for it, getting the data for it, talking across departments and companies to this goal, they often learn things about the companies as well as um, their colleagues. Was that a similar sort of circumstance for you and for Cochlear? And, and what did you discover as you went through this reporting process? Totally. I think the reporting process is, uh, is actually uh, uh, and again, uh, that's why I think I, I like the reporting process. It's it's not because uh, of all the work <laughs> it it requires, uh, but it's more about about finding out more and about the company. So mm -hmm. uh, I used to say that the sustainability report is not a report from the sustainability team but a company's mm -hmm. sustainability report right mm -hmm. so uh when we and 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 having that in mind i think engaging with the relevant people and it's people from many different areas that we need to to involve in this process and many times this is the the people that gets involved in this process is not uh the people that Maybe we are expecting at the beginning of the process, so it's more and more people that are involved, uh, and then finding out more about actions that we have, for example, uh, about diversity in in mm. in different countries, because we we are a global company based in Australia, but we have a huge operation in the U.S., for example, and many uh, a fantastic team over there with different actions even even uh, the sustainability there are some sustainability champions uh, in different in different regions and finding out about their actions that uh, not always we know mm. at, at a global level and in, in a company right so it's mm. it's it's very interesting and i think uh, it's always uh uh it's it's always nice to know how people uh, are happy to get engaged in this kind of when they understand what why they are doing and not like I I I always like to to reach out to people and to 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 make them understand why we are preparing a, a, a sustainability or an annual report and not only requesting an information or because this is something that it's really really like something else that everyone needs to mm -hmm. do. Uh, mm -hmm. But when they know why this is happening, so it makes a lot of more sense. 
Excellent. Well, I want to come back to that issue of sustainability champions. But first, I just wanted to go into one aspect of this year's report that caught my eye when I was reading it. Um, The launch of your responsible supply chain action plan. Can you walk me through what that action plan is um, and how does it work to reduce risk in the supply chain? You just referenced the fact that you are an Australian based global company. Um, I'm sure you've been through this. You're going through the same considerations of supply chain risk and opportunity that many other companies are. But so what is your plan at Cochlear when it comes to responsible supply chain? Yeah, so this is another opportunity that we have uh, of engaging with different areas, with a different area and different areas of the company, actually. So last year, we established a cross-functional working group to discuss ESG matters related to our supply chain, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the objective of the working group is to manage opportunities for improvement in in the processes that we already have uh, to address emerging trends, more and more requirements from the supply chain perspective, so and, mm-hmm. and also monitor our, our progress. Mm. So uh, the responsible supply chain action plan is one of the outcomes of this this working group. Mm. Uh, it also it well it includes actions aiming to drive improvement across the supply train the, the supply chain uh, and we define a focus in human rights labor practices corporate governance safety and environment mm. mm-hmm. so we are looking at ways to improve also the modern slavery statement Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, again, it's like a reporting kind of a framework, the, the modern slavery statement, the structure mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. helping us to understand where we should focus. And th- this is really helpful when we have this this opportunity to learn with something mm-hmm. that we need to know so mm-hmm. and, and improve. Right. So making making the best use of it. Mm-hmm. And after reviewing the modern slavery statement and investigating where we could improve, we realized that we already had a lot of actions in place that were not reflected in the modern slavery statement. So we are working in this and mm-hmm. in these actions and processes uh, and and to better to have a better structure and demonstrate that for the external stakeholders as well. Excellent. Okay. Well, look, we'd love to have you on next year to sort of see how this action plan is rolling out. So let's put a button for having a, a follow up conversation then. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And then finally, I wanted to end on this question, Maria. How do you embed a sustainability strategy so it doesn't just belong to one sustainability champion? You, you referenced the fact that, you know, through this process, you've gotten to know some of your other champions in Cochlear and in other markets. But so how do you deepen and widen, you know, the ownership of sustainability? Yeah. So, yeah, Rachel, this is such an important question. And I, there's no secret and no recipe for that <laughs> <laughs> it requires a lot of work. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but for me to embed sustain, uh, sustainability strategy, um, it's important not to 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 have a separate sustainability strategy. As I said before, like it's. Let me try to to explain it. It's more about understanding the business strategy and mm-hmm. making the connections to the sustainability perspective keeping up to date with trends and requirements that as like the external landscape is always changing if if we are if we are working with sustainability we know that it's like crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about using the sustainability lens to look mm-hmm. at the business and to identify risks and opportunities with an open mind 
because it's also yeah it's important to have an open mind and to to be a good listener to talk to people across the business and to have this ah aha <laughs> that's it that's what uh, now I understand sounds so, like yeah, being it's... a podcast host to a certain extent <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's all about defining priorities partnering with the areas engaging uh yeah Embedding sustainability across the business is about facilitating a process more than owning it. So it's mm. more to act as a facilitator and and providing some guidance and questioning, making questions, making mm -hmm. different questions. Definitely sounds like being a podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Maria, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your sharing your experience. Uh, Maria Minot, Director of Sustainability at Cochlear and fan of sustainability reporting. Thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you so much, Rachel. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Green Away podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Green Away podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.